Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show Podcast, the Bomber Winter Special Edition. Yes, it's that time of year to dedicate the show to the blue and gold. So we've got all kinds of guests coming your way. The whole special, if you missed it, it's right here on the podcast. Welcome inside, everybody, the Bomber Winter Special. We've been doing this show for a number of years now. Bob Irving has hosted it in the past, and I would imagine Derek Taylor, new voice of the Blue Bombers, will be hosting it in the future. But this year, it is me, Christian O'Mell, doing the hosting duties. Our plan tonight is to have eight different guests. Greg Ellingson, Zach Kolaros, Nick Dembski, Willie Jefferson, Adam Bighill, Brady Oliveira will be players joining me later on in the show, as well as Mike O'Shea, the head coach of the Blue Bombers. But we begin tonight with the general manager of the Blue and Gold, and that is Kyle Walters joining us to lead off the show. Kyle, how are you doing tonight? Well, I'm good, Christian. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, we're about, uh, what, three weeks after free agency opened up here. Is there a, ever a spot where you get a chance to relax once the CFL calendar gets going? Geez, no, especially not this year. It seemed with the, with, uh, with playing in the Grey Cup so late and then, you know, the impending you don't want to say doom, but uh, the knowledge that the, the roster was going to have to, there's going to be some changes and it started right away. Uh, I mean, as soon as the gray cup ended, you enjoyed yourself for a little bit and then it was trying to get, trying to, you know, meet with the coaches, um, you know, decide understanding that the likelihood of us re-signing everybody was going to be next to impossible. So let's start trying to figure out how we can make it work if we lose certain amount of guys and that strategic starts planning. And then, you know, the six weeks in the new year were extremely stressful as you're trying to put the team together and, and, and you're trying to, you know, you're seeing the, the, the cost of some of these contracts a little bit higher than you thought and trying to get your core piece done. And then, you know, that stopped, which, you know, we sort of, you know, we got through that and then, which put a big pause in the draft film. So as soon as, soon as that was over, you, you try to get back caught up on the draft film because we're out uh, out on the combines in the month of March. And, it, you know, that's exciting, though, that we'll finally be able to get a chance to see the players after a, after a couple of years of drafting blind. But, it's uh, yeah, it's nonstop. How different was this year's free agent process than going back to getting the, the crew back together from the 2019 Grey Cup winning squad? You know what? There was so much uncertainty after, you know, after the the season was canceled. um, You know, there was a sense within our team that that they wanted to be back. And there was, you know, we weren't sure the salary cap, what what was going to be. There was a lot of uncertainty. So I I do believe that um, the number one priority for all of those players, well, let's just get back together and let's see if we can repeat. All right. And it was, you know, it was, that was very difficult talking uh, the restructuring of contracts with the reduced salary cap. Um, but everybody bought in and everybody did their part. And, and to, to the players' credit, they, they, they pulled it together. And, and, and you know, the season, the season was unbelievable. And, um, you know, won, won another great cup. And this offseason was a little bit different in the sense of, you know, we've won, we've won a couple in a row and, and let's take a deep breath and, and maybe my fair market value is a little bit higher and, and see where we're going to go from there. And, and, and I knew that I knew there was going to be a much more turnover uh, after this season and, and accepted that. And, you know, and it, it just, just the way it is when, when you're winning and you've got good players and we lost some players, to the NFL and uh, other teams come in and, and, and want to want to grab your players. And it's just, it's just part of a uh, part of the deal. And, um, you know, you'd rather you'd rather have that having teams want your players than nobody want your players. Now, one of the players that is not back is Andrew Harris. You mentioned right before free agency began that this was one of the toughest circumstances of your time as a general manager of the CFL. We've since heard from Harris, who said in a, a introductory press conference, "quote I had no idea what was going on in regards to the Bombers. I felt like I was unwanted. Uh, the lack of communication was really tough to swallow." especially when I'd felt I'd done so much and was part of a lot of great things for this team for the last five years, close quote. Uh, did you hear what he said? And did you, did you have any feelings after uh, hearing what he had to say? Uh, you know what? It's, it's tough. I mean, Andrew represented himself, uh, represents himself and I generally deal with the agent. So it's, it's tough talk. I was dealing with Andrew Harris as the agent uh, more so. And, and of course it was extremely difficult. And, and, and yes, we, you know, Andrew was, what was one of the initial 
building blocks of getting this thing turned around and helping us win back-to-back Grey Cups. And it just, you know, it, it reminds you of what a tough business this is and, and some real difficult decisions have to be made. And, and you know, that was extremely stressful and trying times for everybody. And, and it's, uh, you know, it still weigh, weighs on, on me uh, of of moving on from Andrew Harris. And, and of course we wish him the best and, and hope he does great things and are extremely thankful for, for helping get this organization to where it is today. For those who may not know, how rare is it for a player to represent himself in the CFL? Uh, it's becoming more common to be honest with you. A, a lot of the, you know, a lot of the, the veteran guys are, um, you know, understanding, especially going through with with the pay with the pay cuts from from prior years, that they they just figured they could they could represent themselves and then kind of eliminate the agent fees as much as anything. To be honest with you, and all you know, that that's you're seeing a little bit more common after uh, from 2020, but a very small small percentage of them represent themselves. Okay, so when you're you're looking at not just Harris, but there's other players that uh, they leave. Sometimes it's veteran players. Some of them are getting a, a bigger paycheck in other markets. Do you look to the people like John Hoffnagel, Wally Buono that have done it for so long, and knowing when maybe it is time to move on and let a younger player get a chance? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's just part of those. The, the guys you mentioned have been doing it for a long time, and I I actually shot. John Huffnagel a note after and saying, boy, I mean, we always strive to, you know, when, when we were kind of trying to get this turned around, we tried to model, model ourselves after Calgary, which is, you know, draft, develop, try to re-sign your own guys. And, you know, he, he lived at lo- losing Stanley Bright. It seems like Calgary would lose guys every single year. And that's, that's you know, he, he sort of laughed and said, yeah, you know, you get, you get to the top and it's difficult to stay on the top. But, uh, you know, they, they went through it. And, and when you're when you're when you're winning, you know we've got we've got a we had a very talented team with all the all stars and everybody deserves a raise and and you know other teams with their salary cap situations um, were able to really come in and offer some big contracts for for guys that we just couldn't match and it you know it was it, it was tough it was it was it was tough watching you know watching or having to lose and move on from some of these guys that, that we really we really wanted to but it was just fiscally impossible. So as we sit here on the last day of February, anything you still feel you need to address as far as the roster is concerned? Yeah, I mean we're, you know, we're we're just looking now. The scouting department's out working hard and, and adding some depth, and um, you know we're 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 fairly comfortable with where we're at. Bring you know when you're look, looking at the offensive depth chart here, you know losing losing. Darvin and Kenny and, and Andrew and Drew. So losing four starters on offense and, and uh, Steven Richardson and DeAndre Alford and Alden Darby on defense and Jonathan, a big one. So, you know, we've, we've, we're still working hard. We've got a draft to go through. We certainly would like to add some more depth along the lines uh, with our Canadians and Americans and, you know, find finding some, some receivers, young receivers and young DBs. So it's, it feels like kind of any other year at this point where now you're looking to, you know, patch some holes through the draft and, and through scouting. Last week, uh, the USFL held its draft. It's another chance to make a spring league work in the United States. Liam Dobson, who was a first-round pick by you uh, in the CFL, was signed a deal down south. Do you view that league as a, a potential threat to take players away that could have played in the CFL? Well, they are. I mean, we've, we've lost you know six or seven off of our neg list signed down there and or closer to nine or ten, I guess it is, off of our neg list. Uh, and then Liam was the, was the kicker where – or the, the – the kick in the the rear, I guess, for being <laughs> politically correct, where you know we drafted we drafted him last year. We were, you know, didn't think he was with with the bigger draft class in the NFL. wasn't wasn't sure that he was going to get an NFL look, so took our chances. And you know, to to lose him to the USFL really was a, a tough pill to swallow. And you know, so to answer your question, yes, it is a threat. I mean, uh, it's a threat. Uh, it's a threat losing young American talented players and now losing one of our draft picks. So yeah, it's, that's tough. Well, Kyle, appreciate your time today. Thanks for this and uh, best of luck as you get into the busy combine season here. Thank you very much. Well, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers lost Kenny Lawler in free agency. Darvin Adams also leaving to go to Ottawa. So they had a need to fill the wide receiver position, and one of the ways they've filled it was the signing of Greg Ellingson, who joins us now 
on the CJOB Sports Show. Greg, where are you calling in from tonight? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. I'm uh, down here in Tampa, Florida, you know, enjoying a little bit of sunshine and trying to send that warm weather up your way. Well, it has been a bit warmer recently than uh, it had been in much of February. We're having record snowfall this winter, so uh, congratulations. You didn't have to live with that. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. So why did you want to play for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers? I mean, there's a lot of reasons, you know, in free agency where you kind of, you know, go into decisions on what teams you can go to. And uh, I think the main thing that stuck out with uh, Winnipeg is, you know, how, how they run their organization. You know, um, there's definitely admiration and uh, a desire to be there with, you know, how, how they run and, and the talk from the players that I know that have played there and the coaches. And, you know, I've been in contact with uh, O'Shea before and during free agency and had almost went there before. And, uh, you know, this time they just, you know, r- r- really showed me, you know, how much they wanted me there and, and how they wanted to bring me in and, and what, what they had for a vision for me to be there and how it fit in their system. And, I mean, that's really what it came down to is just, you know, uh, the want and the need to have me there. And uh, that really what swayed me from going anywhere else. So you're in Edmonton the past two seasons going into free agency. Was there any other team on the table that you thought maybe you'd want to go to or was it always Winnipeg? Yeah, I mean, there's there's always other teams, right? Uh, but I think the top one was Ottawa, you know, spending four years there and, uh, you know, having that relationship and the success we had there with three great cups and winning one there, um, you know, that was definitely on the table. But uh, like I was saying, you know, um, O'Shea and, and, and Buck Pierce and, you know, a lot of the guys uh, from Winnipeg made sure they reached out to me and let, let it be known that they wanted me there and communicated with me. And, I, you know, that's really what it comes down to, right, is uh, knowing that you can have that, you know, camaraderie and that relationship with uh, coaches and, and players there. And, and you know, they, they wanted that relationship to be known that, you know, they were going to connect with me and make it make sure that I knew I was wanted. And uh, I, th- I think that's what it boiled down to is, uh, you know, that, that want and that need. How do you feel you fit into this offense? Good. I mean, I've always had uh, a lot of respect for the guys in Winnipeg and how they, they finish games and they battle throughout the game, you know. Uh, whether they're down or up, you know, they really, uh, you know, put their foot on the, the accelerator and gas pedal and make sure that, you know, they're finishing strong and, you know, a lot of grit too, you know, you know Dembski and Walatarski and um, all, the, all the guys over there and, uh, you know, you know how they handle themselves and, you know, how they just, you know, I, I like getting a little bit down and dirty and physical and, and I see how they play. So I, I feel like I'm going to help, you know, not only support what they already do there, but uh, add a little bit to it as well. Well, on that note, the Bombers love to run the football. You like yourself as a, a good run blocker? Oh, yeah. Um, I think that's, you know, I'm a bigger receiver, you know, 6'4", uh, play at like 215, 210. Uh, I'm not scared to go down there and help protect the quarterback, you know, whether it's a play-action pass or whether I'm involved in the passing scheme. Um, I like to think I'm unselfish, too. And, you know, I know if I don't get the ball, I, gotta, I just have to do my job so that somebody else can do it and make a play. And if that's blocking for the running backs or, or blocking for someone on the screen or – you know, whatever it might be, I'm not I'm not really worried about that, and not not scared to get down there. Tell me about your uh, history with Zach Kolaris, who will be throwing you the football this year. You've played with him before. Yeah, that was one of the reasons too, right? Uh, you know, he made sure he reached out and <laughs> he uh, made sure he, to let me know it's pretty fun to catch passes, uh, TD passes at uh, IG Field, and uh, you know, he he was kind of chatting me up and letting me know that you know I was also wanted and. Uh, yeah, my history with him was, uh, goes back to Hamilton days in uh, 2014 when, when I was down there and uh, got, got to play with him quite a bit on the field and, and then, uh, you know, went to Ottawa the next year. But, you know, we had that relationship in chemistry and we've always kind of, you know, made sure we talked and, and they kept that uh, line of connection open throughout the, our playing career. And, you know, he's made quite a comeback and winning back-to-back great cups there, you know, showed that he still has it and he definitely has a way to extend the pocket and make plays downfield. So that's going to be pretty exciting to, to link up back with him and you know see what we could do. You mentioned that Winnipeg was on your radar before in free agency. You went to Edmonton in 2019. Was there any regret seeing that the Bombers won a couple rings and you didn't in Edmonton? Yeah, I mean, that's always, uh, you know, you can't really look back. And, you know, obviously it's going to be a regret to not know you could win two great cups in a row. But, you know, you have to stick your decisions and – uh you know, that's just how it went, and I'm just looking to you know do the best I can there now and, and add in any way possible to help keeping that team win. What's your hunger level going into 2022? I mean, it's I'm always the same. I'm, I think that's uh, one of my strengths, too, is I'm pretty even-keeled, and uh, I always come to work you know, in the off-season and uh, during the week in practice because I'm a big believer on your preparation uh, meets that opportunity. So whenever that opportunity does come, if you prepare the right way, that you can execute. So... 
um, I'm, I'm always trying to try to be even keeled and I always try to be one of the hardest workers in the room. So, uh, that's never going to really get the group. So my hunger is always, uh, pretty steady and, and pretty fierce throughout the year. So what does your off season now look like between now and when you come up to Winnipeg? Lots of training in Florida. Oh yeah, that's definitely, you know, I had some uh, teammates come down and train with me for a little bit from Edmonton and, uh, come down here and kind of show them the ropes on how we trained down here and, you know, it's pretty consistent. It's, you know, five days out of the week, uh, uh, we do field work and then that's around nine o'clock in the morning and then, uh, go to about 1030. And then, uh, we hit the weight room after that until about one o'clock, uh, that's pretty much every day. And then usually Wednesdays and one day on the weekend, uh, I'm getting on the field and running routes. So it's, uh, you know, six days out of the week, you know, getting ready for the season. And especially, uh, right now when you're about two and a half months out from camp, uh, it's really when you crank things up and make sure that you're getting your body, uh, primed and ready for uh, the preseason and, you know, moving forward into the end season, end season so that you're ready to go. Has Zach come down to see you yet? Uh, he hasn't, you know. Uh, he said he might make a trip down here with his family and stuff, but, you know, if he ends up coming down here, we're definitely going to make sure that we link up and get some time on the field to, you know, redevelop that connection again and uh, make sure that, you know, he uh, sees how I come out of routes and, you know, he can have that uh, comfort and, you know, feel that reliability that he can get me the ball and, uh, have the comfort in knowing that I'm going to make the plays. I know you're from Tampa. You've played in CFL a long time now. You've played in great cups full of snow and ice. Do you like playing in the cold? Uh, I guess I would say at first, you know, it was a little bit of a shocker being from Tampa and, you know, going to school down here in high school. And then I played college ball down in Miami. So it was a bit of a shocker going up there at first. But I think that first year when I was in Hamilton and uh, we, we played uh, in Saskatchewan, um, you know, with Henry Burris, uh, and I played, we pretty much practiced in a, a blizzard that week and getting ready for that game. I think that was quite the shocker, you know, throwing me in the fire a little bit. I mean, throwing me in the ice, I guess. And, uh, you know, after that moment, the, the snows really, never really affected me because um, of, of that one moment. But also, I think it's mental too, right? If you if you let the cold get to you or the rain or whatever the element is and, you know, you let it bother your, uh, your preparation, how you play, then you're going to have a problem. But I like to think I'm pretty, uh, have a lot of mental fortitude and I can kind of battle through those uh, elements at any time to make sure that I, you know, just do my job. I'll anticipate if the Bombers are hosting the West Final again. It might not be too balmy, but I'm sure you'll adapt. It'll be great. Greg, appreciate your time tonight. Welcome to Winnipeg, and uh, we'll see you when you get up here later on in the spring. Appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me. We'll lead off this half hour with the quarterback. Of your Winnipeg Blue Bombers, that would be Mr. Zach Kolaris. Zach, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Where are you calling in from tonight? Oh, I'm calling in from uh, my home in uh, Aurora, Ontario. Are we on live here? Yes, we're on the air. Oh, wow. We got right to it. How you guys doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't waste any time here, Zach. Yes, we're getting, getting okay. you out there for the people to hear you. Uh, how have you enjoyed your off season so far? Oh, it's, it's been a good off season. Been uh, been really great to uh, see a lot of family that we weren't able to see for uh, a couple of years there, and um, you know, getting back into swing things uh, in regards to getting ready for the season, and uh, you know, trying to get up the house before we head back up to Winnipeg. So it's been uh, it's been great. Obviously, um, after the season, um, able to celebrate a little bit, hoping to get the Great Cup here soon, and uh, it's, it's been awesome. Yeah, with two young kids, I would imagine you can now parade them around a little bit more than you were able to. Yeah, yeah, we're uh, we're not as um, we're not we're not stuck in the house as much as we were uh, the year before. So yeah, it's, it's been nice again seeing family and uh, uh, getting ready for the season. So you mentioned getting the Grey Cup out there. I know a lot of your teammates have had their day at the Grey Cup. You have not had yours yet. No, we haven't got it here yet. Uh, we're we're in the middle of making that happen right now, uh, talking with Darren and uh, trying to get that all set up. Would like to get it to my hometown as well, but uh, if we can just get it here uh, back to Ontario, that'd be nice too. Your hometown of, of Steubenville, Ohio. Who would you want to you would would you want to bring it back to your high school there to show it off? Yeah, you know, this is a lot of people. Uh, you know, back home. You know, my family, my coaches, uh, classmates teammates, you know, people, um, you know, that have done and still continue to do a lot for me uh, in my personal life and my career as well. Um, you know, just be a, it'd be a nice, uh, you know, moment to share with, with everybody that's, uh, again, really helped me in my career and, you know, 
help me get to this point. So be nice. Well, the one thing I, I know a lot of people want to know, and it, it's a thing with the Stanley Cup, it's a thing with the, the Grey Cup, anything that has a, a bowl on top of it is, do you plan on eating anything out of it? <laughs> uh, I don't know about eating anything out of it, but uh, we will drink some beer out of it for sure. No doubt about that. There you go. And and you've done you've got some experience with that winning it in back to back seasons. Yeah, yeah, we uh, we all drink our fair share out, out of the cup. I know guys have been eating their Wheaties and, and Cheerios and you know posting that kind of stuff on on social media, but uh, yeah, just pour a few cold ones in there, and we'll, we'll all be happy. Absolutely. So uh, you mentioned that uh, it's been a nice little off season so far. How how closely have you been following? all your team's moves, additions over the course of the last couple months? Yeah, you know, I, I'd, I'd be lying to you if, if I didn't say I was following closely. You know, I think as a group, um, we all have and, you know, you know, want to see how the, uh, the team's going to turn out uh, you know, heading into training camp. And uh, obviously, the CFL and free agency is always an exciting time. Uh, you know, unfortunately, you, you lose some great teammates and, um, uh, you know, that's part of this game, but, um, you know, we're, we're excited about some of the guys that, that we brought in as well. And you also took the liberty of breaking the news on social media that uh, Stanley Bryant was re-signing with the team. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I'm still a PR guy, so uh, I was able to do that. I'm, I'm working on uh, letting him, or sorry, I'm working on becoming his agent as well so I can get a little percentage off of his contract, but uh, he, he, he won't budge on on signing that deal, but but yeah, we uh, you know we were just all messing around one night. I said, "Hey, Stan, let me let me break the news whenever you get it done." He, he FaceTimed me. He said, "Go ahead, put it out there." So we we got it done. How important is it for you as the quarterback that pretty much that whole O line that was great last year, pretty much a whole All Star offensive line, uh, is back with the exception of Drew Desjardins, who's getting a shot in the NFL. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it's huge. You know, I, I think the the main um, the main thing that's you know overlooked and not really talked about in the league is, is continuity and you know being able to bring back four of, of five of those guys and and Chris and Jeff guys who have you know been on the team in the room and, and started some games as well. Um, yeah, I think it's huge. Um, going to training camp, you know, you, you can really work on the nuances uh, of the protections and. Uh, the different looks, you know, rather than just you know trying to get a group together to to figure you know things out from from day one. So um, you know, having Mikey back, Patty, Yosh, Stan, all, you know, those guys who have, have played so many games together, um, you know, definitely um, you know gives you it, it makes it easier uh, moving into the season uh, for sure as a quarterback and and obviously for our running backs as well. Just had Greg Ellingson on the show. You played with him a number of years ago in Hamilton. What does he bring to the offense? Yeah, I, I mean, I think Greg's resume really speaks for itself. Um, you know, he, he obviously has uh, caught a lot of footballs in his league, scored a lot of touchdowns, been been in a, a lot of really big games and big moments. Uh, I, I think he's a physical player, so I think he'll fit right into what we do offensively and, and be able to stretch the field as well. Uh, you know, I think the thing that that really stands out about him too is his, his IQ of uh, not just understanding what they're doing conceptually, you know, everywhere he's been, but uh, also, you know, big moments in games and, and situational uh, moments in, in the football game. He he always seems to know, um, you know, what to do, how to run the route, and you know, it, it, just what what to do in that moment. And uh, I, I think he'll be great for the room. I think you know, guys will gravitate to him, and uh, you know, I think it'll be great for us. Now, of course, it is a, a business, and the continuity is you can do the best you can, but you, it's hard to bring everybody back. Kenny Lawler is gone. Andrew Harris is gone. Darvin Adams gone. Uh, how much will you miss those three men as, as part of the offense next this upcoming season? Yeah, I mean, I think the production, obviously, uh, that those three guys were able to put up uh, over their time in, in Winnipeg will be uh, is and, and will be tough to match. But I, I think really just. Uh, you know, the teammates that they were, um, for, for everybody, um, you know, the, the position that they held, I guess, in the hierarchy of the locker room, uh, for lack of a better way to really explain that there, they were just, uh, great teammates, you know, everybody knows the Andrew Darv and, and Kenny and, uh, you know, we'll definitely miss them in the locker room, but, but, you know, again, that's the nature of this business. Um, teams change, 
year to year, especially in this league with the one-year contract. So it's it's tough to lose those guys, um, but uh, you know it, it kind of is what it is. How are you feeling physically right now after uh, get after a year off from football? You play football again. Body feeling good? Yeah, feeling good. Um, it really started back up about a month ago. Uh, training um, haven't really been throwing the ball around yet, but I'm looking forward to getting to that here in about two weeks. Hopefully, the the weather breaks here in Ontario. But uh, yeah, I, I feel I feel really good actually, and uh, re- you know we're getting really looking forward to the next. Uh, seven or eight weeks in preparation for camp and, and hitting the ground running and getting out there and, and uh, you know, you know, developing some chemistry with the guys and, uh, you know, figuring out who we're going to be in 2022. So what does a quarterback's training regiment look like in the weight room? Uh, you know, I think as they get older, obviously, it's less weight. It's, it's more about, uh, you know, durability, kind of injury prevention stuff, uh, as well as you know, trying to maintain some athleticism. Uh, things like that. You know, my trainer uh, is based out of Toronto here, works with a lot of hockey guys, so I do a lot of their movements. Um, it's, a, it's a lot of change of direction stuff, proprioception stuff, um, you know, single leg, you know, all those things. Again, kind of thinking outside the box kind of things, and uh, it's kind of, you know, it's, it's why I, I enjoy it. It's not just your, your every day. They're going to give you a sheet, and you go in there, and you do bench press, and you squat, and, and all those things. But, you know, I, I don't think, I, honestly, at, at this stage of my career, uh, that'd be good for my body. So it's it's more um, more about you know trying to again retain some athleticism um, and durability and, and, and injury prevention stuff. So you mentioned you haven't really thrown a ball around much. Is that uh, nor- is it just because it's winter, or is that normally just part of the off season that you don't want to you know wear out your arm too much, so you take it easy for a little bit and then worry about throwing? Yeah, you know I've, I've never really uh, you know I've never gone to Florida or Texas or California like a lot of these guys do and and you know, go start throwing, uh, you know, in January or February, you know, maybe just by proxy with, you know, living in Ohio or living uh, in Ontario with the way the weather is. I've, I've always kind of started my regimen in, in mid-March uh, when the weather starts to clear up. So uh, it, it's kind of normal for me. Um, you know, I, I know once camp hits, my, my arm will be ready and we throw in a lot of balls, uh, you know, during the day. So um, it, it's not really a maintenance thing, you know, knock on wood, I've never really had an issue with that that kind of stuff with the arm, but uh, it's just kind of, I guess, living in the, the Midwest and, and, and now in, in Ontario, it's, it's always been tough to get outside and, and throw it around. Well, Zach, appreciate you calling in tonight. Thanks for this. Hopefully you get your day with the Grey Cup soon. We'll see pictures online, I'm sure, and uh, we'll see you when you get to Winnipeg. Thank you for having me on, man. Take care. We continue the Bomber Winter Special. Special. Bomber Winter Special, easy for me to say, by welcoming in slot back Nick Dembski of the Blue Bombers. Nick, how are you doing tonight? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. You in Winnipeg right now? I sure am, man. Winter peg is as uh, mm-hmm. they like to say around here. How have you enjoyed your winter this year? It's been snowy, man. You know, it's uh, it's, it's tough to enjoy it to the fullest, but you know what? I've uh, I actually just got back from Mexico, so. A nice little vacation, uh, so went out there. Other than that, I've really just been coaching football with recruit ready, and and just uh, been kicking with my dog and my girl. So, how much shoveling did you have to do when you got back? Yeah, you know what, my girlfriend's uh, parents actually shoveled our uh, our driveway for, for before we got back. We were actually gone during during the huge blizzard where there's you know three straight days of snow. So, I mean, I had to do a lot of shoveling earlier on. This winter already, as, as how much snow has been falling, but uh, you know they took care of it by the time we got home. So that was a nice little, uh, nice little gift when we got back. Were there any days where you said, "I don't need to train today. I just shoveled for an hour"? Yeah, honestly, <laughs> I was kind of the mindset. You know, I uh, yeah, it was it was just crazy. You know, this this uh, this winter has definitely been nuts. That it's been uh, it's been different. I, I should say, you know, most winters that we get up here, obviously Winnipeg, you know. A lot of snow, a lot of wind, a lot of cold nights. But this this has just been taking it to the next level. Now you mentioned recruit ready. You brought the Grey Cup out to a session last month. How cool was it to share that with the players you're coaching? Yeah, it's pretty cool, man. I mean, you know, I, I started that program kind of when recruit ready was just first for starting up. So I mean, just to 
kind of give them the message that, you know, I started right, right where they were in high school, you know, early mornings in the golf dome. So, you know, anything's possible. You can go up there and win the great cup and, and bring it back and, uh, you know, just keep the generation on, on rotate. What were the looks on the kids' faces when you brought that in? Yeah, they loved it. I mean, uh, you know, I'm sure some of the kids have just seen it being around before uh, since, you know, we, we won in 2019 as well. I'm pretty sure big year myself, uh, we brought it out that, that year as well. But, I mean, yeah, they're, they're ecstatic. They, uh, they loved it. And, I mean, ju- just to know, as you know, going back, just the motivation for them knowing that, you know, one day that they can hoist the Grey Cup and bring it to recruit-ready practice too. You know, you could, uh, you know, they're, they're just proud and, and happy to be a part of it. So you're still playing, obviously, for many more years to come. Why did you want to get into coaching while you're playing? Uh, I mean, honestly, just to keep football around like during the offseason. I mean, you know, obviously, as a, as a pro athlete, you know, football is going to be on your mind, you know, every every month of, this, of the year, no matter what. But, you know, when you can actually insert yourself, uh, you know, into football practices and, and run football practices and be able to scheme up plays, uh, you know, just keeps your mind in it, you know, that, 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 that extra more so. You know, I just love being around uh, the community already. So, you know, to be able to kind of give back to the community and, and let them grow their football skills, I mean, uh, it, it means a lot to me that way as well. So for you to grow up here, play football here in high school, win great cups here, you're coaching here, to have this great career in the place where you grew up in love, was it this everything you hoped your football career could be? I mean, you know, I still, I still believe I still got a lot left in the tank. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to put a cap on it just yet. But, you know, it's, it's definitely going in the right direction. I mean, uh, I don't have any complaints. You know, the football community here is great. And I knew that growing up and, and just, you know, come back to Winnipeg and have the success that the Bombers are having and, and the success just, just football, you know, uh, this problem, sorry, the success that football is having in this province as well. I mean, you know, there's a lot of kids coming out and, and, and even getting scholarships from Manitoba. So, you know, I'm just, as I said, I'm just happy to be a part of it. And I just want to keep, you know, giving gems to the, to the generation that's coming up. So you mentioned your winter was a little different just because of the snow. It was also different because you're one of the few people that didn't have to worry about getting a new contract this yeah. year. A lot of free agents. You weren't one of them. How comforting was that knowing you didn't have to worry about that this year? It was comforting, but, you know, at the same time, you know, we definitely had a tight-knit uh, locker room. So, you know, my mind was on a swivel or my head was on a swivel, you know, during free agency and even the weeks leading up to it. You know, I had a lot of conversations. So, you know, even though I was under contract, you know, I, I definitely was still <laughs> under some stress a little bit just to see, you know, where, where everybody was going to end up. But, you know, it's uh, it's all part of the business. So it was, uh, it was definitely entertaining free agency this year. But there's definitely a little bit of stress taking off, obviously, you know, knowing that I was under contract for sure. But it's a human thing, too, knowing that some of your friends might not be here this year. And, and some of them, you know, Andrew Harris, Darvin Adams, Kenny Lawler, or some of the, the players on offense that, that won't be back. And so it's obviously, I'm sure, tough to say goodbye to people you spent a lot of time with. No doubt. But, you know, I've, uh, you know, those, those, those were the main guys I was having conversations with, kind of the guys that, that you listed off there. And, uh, you know, it's it's tough, but at the end of the day, you know, we all understand part of the business, and uh, you know, we 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 kind of had our our moment to grieve a little bit, but you know, now it's time to get back into business and, and and get the mindset right back. But you know, I'll definitely I'll definitely miss those guys on the sidelines and in the locker room, of course. So, what does your training regiment now look like for the next few months? Yeah, so I'm back in there. I'm back in the facility. Um, so I'll be around there. Obviously, with all the snow on the ground, it's a little bit hard to run, but. I'm working out, lifting weights, getting back into it, um, hitting some fuel turf whenever I can. And I mean, you know, when, when I'm coaching out there, you know, it might be, might be demonstration routes and, and, and get a route or two in there while I can as well. I mean, uh, field turf is scarce around, around here in, in the city. So, I mean, uh, you got to make do with, with what you have, but you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm, as I said, I'm just excited to get back into it and, and, you know, coming back from Mexico and having some fun over there, I'm definitely motivated to, to get back into it and, 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 you know, get this ball, get the ball rolling. So how many people are at the facility with you? Is, I'm sure it's not a crazy amount. No, it's definitely not a great, crazy amount. You know, if, uh, if any winter were, were to scare off any Americans or outside of people outside of Manitoba, I'm sure it was this one, but you know, there, there's a couple, a couple of the boys in there. Um, 
a couple of boys scattered throughout Winnipeg too. So, you know, I, th- I think there's like six or seven of us uh, here training in the off season. Um, but yeah, man, you know, I'm just, uh, once that snow melts, that's kind of when everybody heads back to the facility and, and starts running together and all that stuff, start running routes and, and everything. So, you know, as I said, I'm just trying to get the weight room in while I can right now and, and, and hit the field whenever I can sneak it in. And, and then I'll be, uh, I'll be in full motion by the time the snow melts. How many dogs do you have? I got two of them, two German shepherds, a boy and a girl. What are their names? Uh, the girl, who's the oldest one, is Rue, and then the younger one's Boston. Rue and Boston. How much are, how much Boston. fun do you have with them around the house in the wintertime? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I can take those two out, out even in the backyard, and those two are going to make fun. So, I mean, you know, it's uh, it, it definitely adds to it, adds to the component, you know, with, with, with the winter, how it is. But even going out to the field, I mean, you know, it, it's tough. You know, I got to bundle up and everything, put some ski pants on my big parker you know some some boots and mitts but you know taking them out to the field they love the snow you know they, they don't care how deep the snow is they'll just run through it and and gallop and prance and you know they'll just they just have a great time so you know even as cold as it is it's just fun to take them out there and, and let them enjoy life over there i was thinking that probably wouldn't be too bothered by the cold no they love it my, my the youngest one like, you know, we catch him. Sometimes we'll open up the door and he'll literally be sleeping outside in the cold. It's crazy. But, you know, he, he has a lot of fur on him, so I can't blame him. There you go. Well, Nick, appreciate your time tonight. Thanks for this. And uh, best of luck as you get back into to game-ready form as we gear up for 2022. Good. Appreciate you having me, man. That is Nick Dembski, slot back for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, product of Oak Park. As the Blue Bombers gear up for a three-peat, could they actually do it? Incredible. No team's done it since the early 80s when Edmonton won five in a row. We continue the show with a look at the defensive side of things, and we welcome in the reigning most outstanding defensive player in the CFL, linebacker Adam Bighill. Adam, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us tonight. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. So how has your offseason gone so far? It's been busy. It's uh been everything I've wanted it to be so far and um, you know overall it's been a great balance between uh, training between uh, you know work as a financial advisor um, you know doing some coaching and community work here in the city and uh, also being uh, super dad here with my three kids. With the record snowfall we've had did it cause you any regret for moving your life to Winnipeg? Well this has been pretty tough I mean there's been a you know every year you know, this it's just gotten a little bit more snow, and one of these years you wish we had a snowblower for sure. But um, you know, overall, no. I mean, no, I'm still happy we're here, and um, you know, at the end of the day, I do enjoy the winter, and I don't mind the snow, so it's not a big deal for me. But uh, don't don't ask my wife that question. Right. Yeah. I mean, we're probably not going to have this much snow again, I would think. But uh, why why is it important to you, as a as a member of the CFL, to be so involved in the community here in Winnipeg? Well, I mean, it's just, you know, in general, I mean, uh, I think it's important if you have a position uh, of having a platform because you're using it for good. Um, There's so many people that you can impact in such a positive way that you can help change people's lives. And, um, you know, so that's really why why I do it. I mean, I know that uh, I can I can do a lot of good out there. And uh, I, I saw something recently online where someone, uh, a grade 11 student at RB Russell named Dallas, welded an awesome fire pit with your name and number on the grate, asking for a, a trade of the fire pit for tickets. That's got to be pretty cool to see. Yeah, no, it's just incredible. Uh, Dallas is actually in the Bomber Skills uh, camp that we do uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays up in um at uh, the soccer North complex up on Lila. And, um, you know, so he's a, he's a great kid. Um, you know, he, I'll hook him up with some tickets. I'll, I'll get him a jersey as well and, and take care of him for sure. But, uh, yeah, incredible work. And, you know, it sparked um, a lot of interest from across uh, Canada and, you know, his, his talent. So, you know, who, who knows what might be ahead of him with uh, his work. And I've had a few people actually reach out saying that, uh, shoot, they would hire him. So, um, you know, it's just a credit to him. You mentioned that you, you've been involved in coaching as well. Why was that something that you wanted to get involved in? 
Uh, you know, it's something that, that I want to do when I get older in, in, in regards to definitely coaching my kids. Um, you know, I, I, being an ex's and O's person and, and really, you know, I guess uh, an extension of Richie on the field, uh, I do feel like a coach in my sense of understanding and, and, and um, you know, overall ability to diagnose where, where we're going and what we're trying to execute. And, um, you know, so I, I do have that in me. I do enjoy the X's and O's and strategy of football. And, you know, I, I just have a lot to offer these kids that um, are willing to put in the work. So, I mean, the Recruit Ready program I work with, um, we have a 7-on-7 seven seven team that travels to the U.S. And, um, you know, we played a tournament in Saskatoon, or sorry, Moose Jaw that, you know, we played a couple of teams from, across Canada and we, we came out as champions and, um, you know, so it's just fun to work with these kids and, and give them some tools and skills that, man, I wish I had when I was a kid. That's for sure. Was there any hesitation for you? You signed a, a one-year deal last month. Any hesitation at all to resign with the blue and gold? Um, you know, I mean, I, I wanted to be here for sure. I, you know, it's just one of those things that, you know, the business of football, you have to just, take it for what it is and understand, you know, where teams want to go with priority and, and, and you just got to hope that you're, you play into um, your team's plans. And, you know, I, I, I was hopeful that things are going to work out well for me um, just based on my performance last season and, you know, how well we did as a team on the defense and stuff. And, you know, um, just like to think that I, I was a decent part of that. And, 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 you know, so being valued there is important. So, you know, I, I did figure things were going to work out for me, and, and sure enough, they did. And um, But, yeah, you just have to take it one year at a time, really. So how are you feeling right now uh, body-wise after putting up a most outstanding defensive player season? You know, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. I mean, I've been back at training and back and running. And, um, you know, I finished the season last year probably the strongest I've, I've been in the weight room and stuff like that. So what it was a decently healthy season for me as well. And, um, you know, I felt like it was starting from a good point, you know, so um, feeling good and, and ready uh, for when camp rolls around here, really not that long from now. Will he be pulling any trucks this off season? <laughs> you know, that's a good question. I, I'm sure I will be at some point. We'll find something to pull. So, uh, what does a, a training regiment look like for you now? And maybe how has it changed since maybe looking back eight years ago in your career? How tr do you train differently than you used to? Yeah, I train differently than I used to. And I also, I train earlier than I used to, you know, now I'm, you know, getting my workouts in and, and being completed and done by seven forty-five in the morning. So I'm usually, you know, up at five ish and, and at the gym right away and, and, and training. So I get it done early. Um, and as far as difference, you know, I, I don't, um, I do a lot of flexibility training. I do a lot of, uh, atypical kind of weight training. It also kind of coordinates with range of motion training. And, um, you know, the, the definition of really being an athlete is being able to move in any direction and, and uh, at any point in time upon reaction with speed, power, and precision. So, you know, at the end of the day, um, you got to be strong. You got to be powerful, but you got to also have the range of motion and flexibility to be able to move in any direction that you want. So um, it's, it's a perfect blend between them all. And, you know, those are the things I really focus on kind of combining together. Can you do the splits? Uh, I can do the front split. I can't quite do the side splits. I'm close, very close to the side splits, but front splits I can do. It's pretty impressive still. Yeah, that's not too bad. <laughs> so uh, just looking now, going ahead to, to 2022, what do you uh, what do you foresee as the thing you need to work on the most, or is there anything you need to work on specifically at this point in your career? You know, I, I don't think there's everything at any point that 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 I can be completely satisfied. I mean, I just I feel like there's always room to grow and always room to to get better. Um, you know, as far as where I need to improve, it's it's. Um, it's tough to say. I don't think I have any glaring weaknesses. I think I can continue to just polish up all aspects of my game. Um, and, uh, you know, part of, part of um, one of the big things you can always do is continue to um, work on building the chemistry and 
um, connections with the guys you play right beside and guys in front of you, behind you, and just continue to put in the time to understand each other and, and what each other are thinking so that, um, you know, when, when, when you need to execute on the field, there's, there's no questions. Um, so those are the things that I, at this point in my career, I'm, I'm, I'm focusing on intently more than other things for sure. You mentioned how early you get up to work out. Is it almost bedtime for you then? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm always uh, shutting her down in, in, you know, 9.30, 9.45 range and, and laying down in bed. So, um, you know, it's, uh, it's definitely a different lifestyle, but, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's what's required, and that's what I've always been about, whatever, whatever it takes to be the best, um, you know, and that's what I'm going to do. No, uh, no problems with putting in the, the hard work and sacrifice what I have to. Well, I'll let you get back to your uh, your nighttime routine, Adam. Appreciate you calling in, and the best of luck as you get ready for 2022 here. You got it. Thank you. We roll along with the head coach now of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, Mr. Mike O'Shea. Mike, welcome to the show. How are things tonight? Doing well in my condo. How are things on your end? How's your cat? He just ate. I uh, just gave him some chicken, and he was bugging me on the table. He's run away, so we're all good. We're clear. <laughs> Do you have any I like pets? I got, I got a dog and a cat, but I like cats, too. They're good. Do you have a preference, um, cat or dog? Ah, uh, No, they're both good. They're both good. Something, you know, something evilly sneaky about a cat, but that's okay. They're yeah, I mean. Fun to watch. Yeah. They're, yeah, no, it's definitely entertaining. I got him two years, two months, or yeah, two years ago, right at the start of the pandemic. So he's definitely helped me along. Did the cat and dog get along in your end? Uh, yes, usually they're starting to, uh, the dog's starting to, to act like a dad. So every time we say the cat's name, the dog, you know, thinks he's got to be on alert. <laughs> This is why everyone tuned into the Blue Bomber Winter Special to hear it's us exactly talk about what they cats. wanted to hear, isn't it? It's all anyone wants to hear, of we, course. It's we'd use up all the airtime before we got to the tough questions, right? <laughs> exactly. So uh, how has your offseason been in two and a half months since you won the Grey Cup for the second time in a row? How have things gone and for your end? Yeah, short. I mean, um, you wouldn't want it any other way. You certainly want to play to the very end. But uh, the season moving up a little bit and to see that last year being pushed back it's it's interestingly short um but it's good i mean one thing about any off season regardless of what you lose is you, you miss seeing everybody so this is this is just like any other is you, you really can't wait to get back uh you know and watch the guys um sort of get back in the dressing room and see them see each other again for the first time since they won and that's uh, something you you always really look forward to. And, and this year, there's not as much time to wait for it. So that's pretty cool. So you win the Great Cup December 12th, Christmas holidays. When does the re- relaxation be- end and when does the work begin? Well, it's it's started already. I mean, there's, there's a lot to do at the end of the season, um, meetings to be had. And then you sort of probably got a month where you're, uh, kind of off and then you're you know in the middle of talking about free agency and then the draft and then the global draft and combines uh, and then you know planning the coaches are, are busy planning already so and, and analyzing their the previous year looking at all the things that were good and bad for the year and trying to fix those things and make things better. So it, it doesn't necessarily stop. I do think the the coaches get at least a good month, you know, off. I know the defense started meeting uh, virtually, um, you know, all of February, but, you know, sporadically sort of thing during the, you know, or whatever it was, and they'll ramp that up now, but it, it goes like you, you can get pretty far behind if you don't, don't get moving. How involved are you as head coach with bringing players back in free agency? Um, I mean, we certainly have those conversations, but in terms of contract, I don't, I'm not involved in any contractual discussion. So um, I think 
you know, as, as we sort of run the business here, uh, it's difficult to, not impossible. I mean, Wally Buono did it for a long time, but um, the idea of, of dealing with money um, and, and coaching them, it can be, you know, uh, tricky. It's not certainly unprecedented, but it's, it's, as money gets involved, things, things change, right? <laughs> Conversations change. So um, being able to navigate that was, I mean, we just decided that's the way we would do it. So I, I wouldn't get involved in money. But in terms of conversations about, you know, interpersonal relationships and whatnot, and, and you know, more football side of things, I'm sure you have an impact on, on, on players wanting to be here or not, right? Well, I... I don't know. That's a good question for the players. It's not really a question for me to answer. I mean, we, we have our end of season meetings and then I tend to leave the players alone. I mean, that's, um, I, that, that might be surprising to some people, but, uh, you know, as a player, I wasn't really interested in, in talking to the coaches every week, <laughs> mine, and I was going to do my work. And if I didn't do my work, when I showed up at training camp, the coaches would know and they would act accordingly. Right. So we have our conversations at the end of the season. I, I meet with pretty well all the players. I mean, it's a little different when you win because there's a lot of fun to be had and you, you, you know, you miss some guys and guys are looking to get home and, you know, so you, you end up missing a few guys, but generally speaking, win or lose, you try to meet with, with all the players and let them know where they stand. And, um, you know, after, winning a championship in 2019 and, and surviving 2020 and coming back and winning in 2021, you know, you, you, you pretty well want everybody back. Like they're, they're good football players. They understand it. They get team and, and they all have a, they all have all played a big role in, in these wins. Right. So, um, yeah, those are the conversations. And after that, I, like I said, the, I, the message generally speaking is, if if you need to talk to me, like if there's something going on or if there's a, is a problem with your contract or those type of things, you want to, you know, blow off some steam or, or find out some more information, then call me. If not, I'm going to leave you alone when you're a free agent and let you figure it out. Right. So you mentioned, yeah, a lot of players back from 2021. One of the players that isn't is Andrew Harris running back for you for the last five years how will life be different without Harris in the locker room? Well, markedly, obviously. Um, I don't know that there'll be another Andrew Harris. You know, and I know records are meant to be broken and players come and, and, you know, nobody thought Gretzky's record would be broken and now Alexander Ovechkin is, is working towards that, right? I still don't know that it'll be broken, but... Um, Andrew Harris is, a, you know, probably a once in a lifetime player and, and he's a, a teammate that his player, you know, his teammates really enjoyed being around and working for, and he enjoyed working for them. So it will be different. That's the bottom line. It's, it's going to be different and we'll have to navigate that and figure that out and we'll have to make it work because I, I think everybody that signed back. Everybody that's that's coming into our dressing room, our locker room this year, coming to training camp has one goal in mind. And um, if you know if we can't figure out a way to to make it work this year, then we won't reach our goal. So that's just one of those. Um, unfortunately, it's 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 one of the things that we're going to have to really work hard to figure out. Now we do have a couple very good tailbacks you know, in, in Brady and Johnny that are, are going to be there trying to make their mark too. So they'll put the work in and they'll um, do their job. Absolutely. They will do that. So, uh, you know, every season comes with challenges and this will be one of them for sure. Did you have any conversations with Andrew leading up to free agency about trying to convince him to come back? Yeah, of course. But those those conversations will be remain between him and I. No. Fair enough. Uh, so looking at the the team you do bring back, then uh, you mentioned you know once it comes to money, that's beyond your scope. But you must be pretty happy with the the roster you've got right now on February twenty eighth. Yeah, we got a lot of guys back. Um, you know, we were 
our team was recognized as having a lot of talent and we do have a lot of talent and uh, better than that is we've got a lot of character guys that are going to not going to rest on, on their talent. You know, they're going to work hard to be better and they're going to do extra stuff and they're going to try and be better than they were the year before at, at, you know, at whatever their weaknesses were identified as. And, um, you know, in my mind, we should come back better. You know, each each player should should be doing the work, and and like I said, because of the character of the guys we have, they will be doing the work to become a better individual football player. And then, you know, they are the concept of team and what it takes to win championships. So I'm looking forward to it because I will be able to field uh, a damn good football team again. I think I know the answer to this question, but I'll ask it anyway. Will the word three Pete be uttered at any point in the no. locker room? No, never. <laughs> I'm sure it will. Come on. Listen, this is what happens, right? I, I don't, I don't speak that way, but I, I'm not telling the players what they should and shouldn't say. And so what generally happens, and I, 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 I said this, I've probably said it many years in a row, but if the media asks the question that way, it'll get repeated back to them that way. So, you know, it's a, it's a new year. We're going to have new players. We're going to have guys that haven't won a championship, that haven't won a great cup. And they're not thinking three-peat. They're thinking, damn, I just want to get one, right, this one. So um, I, I do believe that if, if we stay away from, um, you know, confusing this year with other years, then we've got a better chance of, of succeeding this year because it is going to be a whole brand new year with um, new players and new opponents, teams that look different and um, teams that have a better understanding of what we do. Um, so we're going to have to be better in order to get to where we want to get to and, 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 you know, convoluting the whole, confusing the whole picture, you know, messing it all up by thinking about the previous two championships won't, won't help us at all. So um, I think at the end, you know, if we work hard enough and if the outcome is what we want it to be, then you can say whatever you want, <laughs> call it whatever you want, you know, but at the start, it's hard to say it like that because that's not really what it is. Well, Mike, as I let you go, we'll finish where we started. My cat is now asleep on the uh, table in front of me. So there you go. There's your <laughs> latest Sully update. There you go. Good for Sully. Have a good well, Mike, life. Appreciate you joining me tonight. Thanks for this, and uh, best of luck as we get into combine season. We'll check in as we get closer to the season. Yeah, take care. Have a good show. Our final guest tonight, running back of the Blue Bombers, Brady Oliveira, joins us now. Brady, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. Thanks for having me on the show. Appreciate it. Uh, you're calling in from Winnipeg, I presume? Yeah, you got that right in Winnipeg. And are you accompanied by any dogs tonight? <laughs> Three of them, actually. There are uh, one's passed out on the couch, one's on the dog bench, passed out, and one's on the floor, passed out. <laughs> so everyone's asleep. Yeah, everyone's sleeping. That's awesome. So, uh, Brady, let's talk about uh, the fact that you're you're back here for another season in Winnipeg. Was there any thought at all of looking elsewhere to maybe get a deal, or was Winnipeg where you wanted to be? No, I, I definitely did not want to leave. I mean, there's other teams offering, and uh, I just couldn't see myself playing elsewhere. I mean, you look back when I got drafted to Winnipeg, I mean, you know, they're the, they're the first team that has believed in me and, and given me the opportunity to play professional football and obviously playing professional football in the city that I'm from. And, and that right there is just super special for me. I mean, growing up in Winnipeg and going to bomber games when I was a kid and um so it just means that much more to me. And, and when I when I work out and get ready for each and every season um, and every game and everything that I do, it just it means a lot to me. So uh, I just uh, have so many great supporters and fans in this great city of Winnipeg that I just couldn't leave. And now you are going to be uh, the top guy with Andrew Harris leaving to go to Toronto. Uh, how does it feel to be the lead back now, uh, or at least looking to earn that spot in training camp coming up? Absolutely. I'm going to go into training camp prepared and, and ready to, uh, like you said, earn that spot. Um, you know, I'm right where I belong and 
um, I just want to, you know, make everyone proud, make my teammates proud. But I, I'm super, super excited. Um, been taking this off season very seriously, and um, and with my diet and everything like that. But I'm just super, super excited. Um, I just can't wait to get back to work with the guys um, uh, in May when training camp comes rolling around, and I want to see all the guys and and just compete again. And and uh, really looking forward to this season. What did you learn from Andrew Harris about being a, a pro running back in the CFL? Yeah, I, I learned lots from him, and uh, I mean, the list can go on. But I, I mean, one thing that I would like to touch on is um, just his football IQ. Um, I think uh, that's how you become great. I mean, there's so many, you know, good football players. I mean, especially at the skill position. I mean, there's you can find them anywhere. You can find, and we're looking at the running back position. You can find them anywhere, right? Good running backs, but when it comes to the greats, there's things that separate them. And with Andrew, you know, he's going to, you know, go down as one of the best Canadian running backs to play in the CFL. Um, and it was his football IQ that really separated him that I had noticed. And I really um, talked to him lots about that. I just wanted to learn everything from him and soak up all of his knowledge that he was passing on to me. And, and yeah, just, just how smart he was. Um, obviously, he was very gifted, a gifted athlete and very skilled at his position. But just his football IQ was just remarkable. Um, I've never seen a guy or played with a guy that smart. Um, and yeah, it's hard for, it's hard to game plan against a guy that's so smart. I mean, you try to bring him down with his skill wise, but then he just has his football IQ to dominate you. How comforting is it for you as a running back to be able to play behind the offensive line you have in Winnipeg? Oh, that's that's also another reason I'm, I was going through. Like, I mean, when I signed back with Winnipeg and why I didn't want to test the waters with free agency, um, it's just because I mean, I'm in such a good spot here. Like I said, what I touched on earlier about me being from Winnipeg, but that offensive line, um, the fact that I have an opportunity, another opportunity this season to be able to run behind them again. Those boys move people up front, and um, I just love their energy. Like all the work that they put in throughout the week and all the preparation to get to game day, um, they really are dialed in every single day and, and just seeing a group like that and, and how tough they are. I mean, it makes me want to play harder. Um, seeing them, at, you know, playing right till the last whistle, it's just it's remarkable. I mean, I've, I've played with some good offensive lines even in college, but um, just the way those guys attack each and every day. And, and like I said, those, those boys are dogs up front. They, uh, they move the piles and they allow, you know, guys like myself to you know go out there on game days and, and have you know some some success right but uh you know kudos to them because uh without them i mean we wouldn't be nothing but running behind an offensive line like that they they sure do make us running backs look good and how great was it for you to to really be a, a bigger part of a great cup win in 2021 after dealing with the leg injury early in your career oh absolutely i mean uh, you can ask anyone and just the emotion I was feeling after the game. And um, it, this year, I mean, the past year just was so special for me, that great cup victory. Um, like you said, I mean, yeah, of course I, you know, contributed a little bit in 19, but me being a natural competitor, I want to be out there every single week and every single game, every single practice with my teammates and competing to win every game. Um, and the fact that I wasn't able to do that. Yeah, it was great that we were able to win the great cup and bring it back to Winnipeg. Me being a Winnipeg girl is amazing for the city. I just wish that was a part of it a little bit more. So the fact that this year I worked extremely hard during that COVID season when it was canceled um, to get back to where I know I belong. And, and so with this past season, um, I, I knew I deserved every inch of success that I got because I put so much work into it. And the fact that we wrapped up that great year um, with another great cup win and the fact that I was able to play in some games and, and help our team win football games throughout the season, um, it was just truly so special for me and, and uh, you know, a season that I will remember for the rest of my life. Now, the reason I asked you about dogs in the room is because you do a lot of work with dogs and rescuing dogs. In fact, uh, you were in Mexico last month working, or earlier this month, I should say, working with dogs. Yeah, that's right. I got back about a week ago, actually. I was down in Mexico for six weeks. Um, and I was doing a bunch of rescue work up there with my girlfriend and, uh, it was amazing. I mean, I was able to team up with, we were able to team up with so many, uh, local rescues down there and met so many amazing people and, and vets that we were able to work with and actually able to 
going to the vetting room and help out vets, um, bringing dogs off the street. Uh, it was just it was just truly amazing. I mean, we helped save so many dogs while being down there. Um, actually had the chance to fly back four dogs that we rescued, flew them back to Vancouver. Now they're all adopted, actually, and living, you know, the best life ever now in Canada. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's just uh, it's a passion of mine. Obviously, we have an overpopulation of canine problem in Manitoba. Um, but I just kind of want to, you know, through my social media platforms, raise awareness, show people what's going on, the good and the bad. And I kind of thought, you know, I've been doing lots in Manitoba. Why not take it internationally? Um, so first first stop was Mexico, and I'm already planning my next trip for next year, thinking about, it might be Asia. I just want to keep raising awareness, showing people what goes on in animal rescue, and, and to really, at the end of the day, you know, promoting spay and neuter and also promoting adoption. Brady, that's great work you're doing with the dogs. Uh, we all appreciate that work, and people in this community appreciate the work you're going to be doing as the running back for the Blue Bombers this upcoming season. Thanks for joining us tonight. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Brady Oliveira, running back for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and that does it for the Bomber Winter Special. Appreciate you joining in from wherever you tuned in from tonight. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Of course, that is when the Jets are not playing because if the Jets are playing, then I don't have a show, but I'll be part of the pre- and post-game coverage. Anyway, thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell until we meet again. So long and thanks for all the fish. So sad that they should come to this. We try to